1: This is Spilling Royal Tea with Sean Mandel and Craig Robert Young.
0: The kettle is whistling,
2: the tea is hot. Spill it, Sean. What's the latest gossip on Meghan and Harry? This just in, some bombshell news. There's a new book out about Meghan Markle, uh, written by a royal biographer, Andrew Morton. Oh. Yeah, so you may remember Andrew. He was famous for writing a biography about Diana when she was still married to Prince Charles. It was very controversial at the time. Very controversial at the time. It was quite revealing, had a lot of details about her personal struggles with um, bulimia how the uh, affair that Charles was having with Camilla impacted her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was widely viewed to be pretty just groundbreaking in yeah. terms of the personal details that we were getting about a, at then time, you know, a Princess of Wales, but also a future Queen of England, right? And also, we later found out that the way that Andrew Morton was able to get so many details about Diana's life was that she was recording interviews with a friend, and then those tapes, the cassette tapes, were passed on to Andrew Morton, and he used them, but it was all done very uh, sources close to Diana, yeah. you know, friends of Covertly. Just, exactly. You know. I think she really felt like she was trying to get her side of the story out, right? Yeah. She felt like it was getting lost. So, Andrew is back on the scene. He's reporting on Megan's first marriage to Hollywood producer Trevor Engelson. Oh, yeah. Um, And when they got married, Trevor's career, Trevor was more established in his career. But then Megan's career started to take off when she got cast on Suits. Right. And so, from there, the interesting thing is that, according to uh, Andrew's book, he's saying that Trevor went from feeling like uh, the most important thing in Megan's life to being something stuck on her shoe. Oh. Was the quote that... That a friend of Trevor's apparently is attributing. Oh no! Yeah, so it's and apparently it caught Trevor uh, off guard. The divorce and he apparently still harbors quite a bit of anger to this day. I'm sure. Can you imagine being the ex of now, you know, the betrothed a, of a royal? It's right, like I mean, a, a bit of a sure. slap in the face. Right? right. I mean, exactly. Like a divorce isn't hard enough, right? Yeah. And now you're, you I'm know, smelling like some dog poo on the bottom <laughs> of a shoe. Well, I mean, it's certainly if that's how you're feeling, I mean, you know, have, knowing that. you're your ex is now going to be in HRH, doesn't really, living in Kensington Palace. I can't imagine that helps. Yeah, no. And um, apparently
0: he was supposed to be doing his own movie about an American normal girl marrying into a royal family, which right. is quite interesting.
2: Right? I know. I wonder the, how the genesis of that happened and where, <laughs> where that project currently stands. Hmm. Yeah. But I think this is really interesting because, again, you know, I, this is one report. We, we don't know for sure if this is um, 100% true. But it's interesting because it plays into directly what we're talking about today, which is what happens when the fairy tale, when happily ever after, the relationship you think it's going to last forever, um, when it falls through. The bubble bursts. The bubble bursts. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the fact that Prince Harry has reportedly put a hard pass on uh, getting a prenuptial agreement with Meghan Markle before uh, their wedding in May. Yeah, Holla, we do not want a prenup. That is certainly what Harry is uh, signaling here. Okay,
0: so we promise not to get too stodgy legalese on you. We actually want to talk about how romance, power, money and passion form the ink
2: that writes these laws into existence. Before we enter into the world of royal courts, we have some uh, exciting details to report. Also on Meghan and Harry's wedding day, which is pretty cool. We're, we're getting more. We're getting closer to the date, so we know a little bit more about what's gonna what it's gonna look like, and it's it's gonna be different from other royal weddings. But Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have chosen floral designer uh, Philip Acratic to make the church flowers for their wedding. Philippa will lead a team uh, using locally sourced foliage and flowers and plants um, that are in season and blooming naturally in May. Very much fits into, you know, Megan's sort of lifestyle brand of being um, locally sourced. Which sucks for those
0: people who start who suffer from hay fever around that time of it's year. It's going to be rough. There's yeah. going to be
2: a run on Benadryl uh, in <laughs> Windsor, I think. Um, so, uh, But there's also going to be, uh, in the floral arrangements as well, there's also going to be uh, branches um, of beech, birch, and hornbeam, as well as white garden roses, peonies, and foxglove. I'm really excited that there are peonies because I love peonies. Very British, very British. Very British. I think it's, it's going to feel very like English garden, right? Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Well, it's interesting
0: because just like their cake, which is going to be baked with seasonal ingredients, Harry and Meghan have uh, decided to take great care to ensure that the flowers will be locally sourced, seasonal and sustainable. So you really see a common care for the environment coming
2: through. This so is like a Whole Foods details. wedding, which is like,
0: it's so, it's a Whole Foods. Or a food... farmer's market wedding, right? right? I you mean, know?
2: it's like Whole Foods presents the Royal Wedding, which I'm I'm all about it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm here for a Whole Foods moment. Yeah. This is Spilling Royal Tea, a podcast that follows the piping hot engagement of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, from the annals of British history to the wedding chapel at Windsor Castle. The show is half British and half American, just like the historic marriage of Meghan and Harry. I'm Sean Mandel, a producer, pop culture devotee, and TMZ's unofficial royal correspondent. And I'm Craig Robert
0: Young, a British-born thespian working in Hollywood, but with a childhood thoroughly steeped in
2: the crown's culture. In each episode, we will spill the tea. That's American for gossip. On the latest stories about Meghan and Harry. Tea will be served with some English history and cultural translations from across the pond that you can't go without. So, without further ado, let's
0: spill the royal tea. On Spilling Royalty, we follow the Old English verse, something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. It's an old tradition that continues to get adapted in fresh and
2: modern ways, just like our royal paramours, Harry and Meghan. We'll begin with something old to give you some context about how the royal family has handled prenuptial agreements in the past, especially with Morganatic marriages. Morganatic? Morganatic. Yes, say it with me. Morganatic. (laughs) Morganatic. Not exactly. That's my. Like that's that. my, my. Is that your Sean or is that your that, American? That's
0: my American Sean. Oh God, not just oh you. In something new, we will take a deep look at why Harry and Meghan opted out of a prenup, and some of the risks Harry, in
2: particular, may be incurring with his enormous wealth and a distinctly American bride. We'll then borrow some legal expertise from TMZ's attorney Derek Kaufman to help us understand what goes into a prenup and why they may or may not be wise. And for
0: something blue, Sean and I will offer you our unsolicited legal advice for free, or maybe just in exchange for a glowing Apple Podcast review. Or a plus one at Meghan Harry's wedding, Kensington Palace. That's right. Sean will event accept a place on the grounds of Windsor Castle with the other 2,000 commoners. I mean, I suppose. (laughs) Without further ado,
2: let's spill some royalty. There's one something old.
0: Harry's parents, Princess Diana and Prince Charles, also famously declined a prenup. And upon their split, after nearly 15 years of marriage, Princess Di received a lump sum of about $22.5 million.
2: Apparently, so Charles was completely like his private savings. Granted, he still had like estates and things like that. But like he he was his bank was like cleared out. He didn't see it coming. No, he was just like, take it all because she wanted more.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I mean, so, that's a, a big lifestyle to keep up. I mean... Shopping at Harrods every day. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm so here for it. And then, you know, uh, now we have second in line to the throne, Prince
2: William, mm-hmm. who does not have a prenup. Also, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Catherine, the Duchess of Cambridge. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because, you know, when this whole thing came about um, in terms of the, annu- the report that... Harry doesn't, you know. We don't. Again, the palace is not confirming, you know, that there is no prenuptial agreement. This is they'll, this is something that they would qualify as something we don't really comment on on, right. on those matters. But the thing that it made me think of is something about what's called um, a morganatic marriage. So it's this weird term, morganatic. It's something that used to exist in mainly in European royalty. It doesn't have a huge precedent in British royalty, right? But so it's a type of marriage that you would have um, with someone. It's such a, it's so much shade. It's such a shady thing. It's like um, a marriage with a royal who's marrying someone below their station. Okay. And so basically in order to get the consent of the government or your family to be able to marry this person who is, you know, a commoner or something, or in the case of like, Megan a, a divorcee um they would have to uh, get to get the permission and to get the marriage going they would have to agree that the person they're marrying would not get the title and any children they ha- they have would not get a title or any inheritance wow and so it's really interesting because it made me think about how in previous times like this is something that may you know may have been discussed but it's not you know with Megan there is no prenuptial so there's no saying like you don't get uh, any part of the inheritance, you know. Should we divorce or anything like that? Like Harry is double, <laughs> doubling down on this and saying, like, nope. I'm you know in it to win it uh, are you saying that this marriage that's about to take place it will be uh, morganatic or? no so that's the thing so it actually won't be morganatic because a morganatic marriage is basically um, limited it, it's kind of like a prenuptial agreement okay it's yeah. like a prenuptial agreement that dates it's a fancy back,
0: term for a prenup yeah basically.
2: it's a yeah it's like a old sort, fashioned yeah very old fashioned it was very common in like European royal houses um, like that weren't Britain right so like uh, on the continent like German princes often like had morganatic marriages and so so yeah, it was sort of the the pre the pre-prenuptial agreement before what we have today. So it's really interesting that given the divorces that we've seen, divorce is has been a big theme in the Royal House of Windsor in the twentieth century. And there's been fights in each case, in each case of divorce, um, about titles and about money. And it's interesting that neither William nor Harry, you know, as this next generation of royals, are are getting prenuptial agreements. But Morganic sounds kind of witchy, doesn't it? It does. Way, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the inter- the reason, morganatic. Wh- yeah, the reason why morganatic marriage came up as something that was interesting to me as well is because of the parallel between Meghan Markle and Walt Simpson, right? Right. So she's the two people are often kind of like put in the same same box because— Well, because she's American Mm -hmm. and— Both are divorcees. Yeah. Granted, Walt was a two-time divorcee. And she wasn't an actress, though. No. No.
0: She was married to uh, Edward VIII, obviously, who was the one that abdicated the throne.
2: Right. um, Which is when George, George VI, the queen's father, became king. Right. And that's sort of how we got to, you know, where we are today. But it was this very scandalous affair between Wall Simpson, this um, divorcee uh, American who was having an affair with the king and the king told Parliament and his cabinet that he wanted to marry her, and one of the options to try and set, because constitutionally um, it would have been problematic for him as the head of the Church of England to be married to a divorcee, because at the time the Church of England didn't recognize divorce. Um, So... The, one of the reason why the morganatic marriage came about um, as a topic was that Edward actually gave as one of three options, he gave three options to parliament or like to his ministers and everything. He said, one, I marry Wallace and you make her queen. Two, I marry Wallace and you give her some sort of title Duchess of Cornwall was thrown around, yeah. thrown around. Interestingly, the title that Camilla was given, yeah. we'll get into that <laughs> later. Um, but so uh, if you give her some sort of title, but she will not be queen, and it, the marriage will be morganatic, meaning that any children we have will not get, will not, for example, they wouldn't have ascended to the throne. So yeah. they wouldn't have become future kings or queens of England. So it still would have gone to George and then down to Elizabeth and everyone else. And then the third option was, I marry Wallace, I abdicate. And that's what ended up happening, because Parliament uh, did not find the idea of a morganatic marriage to be suitable. And it just never worked in English history.
1: First two, something new.
0: Okay, some sources reportedly close to Harry Mm -hmm. have been saying that there was never any question in Harry's mind that he would sign a prenup. He's determined that his marriage will be a lasting one, so there's no need for him to sign anything.
2: Right, I mean, and I think that's that's the viewpoint of a lot of people by the way you know like that if you sign a prenup it's dooming you're really setting yourself up for failure in a way yeah. exactly he's sticking with practice of, yeah. you know the tradition of and, the it's, royal and it's
0: fairly new in the UK you know um, this this idea of, uh, of a prenup it's still very unpopular
2: well first of all it's only since about like 2010 mm-hmm. that courts have started looking at prenups in, yeah. in the UK but they're still not enforceable no like in the US a prenuptial agreement Like if you have it, you know, in in place, it is usable in court and enforceable. But in the UK, it's kind of viewed more as just a suggestion or like a guideline. Yeah, exactly. So like Megan has five million and it's reported that Harry has around 22, you know, so it's like that's all fair game. And in terms of, look, like, looking at the money that's at stake, yeah. that money comes from the money that he inherited from Diana when she passed. Because you have to remember, she died only about a year after her divorce settlement. So she had a lot from, of money So left. she had a lot of money. Yeah. And so all that money then went directly to Harry and William. To the boys. To the boys. Yeah. So they then got that. And in addition to that, they don't get a, like, salary from the state. The money that they get, I mean, in terms of they have staff and everything like that. Those things are yeah. paid for by the state. Yeah, But their individual money, like they don't get like a salary for being the Duke of Cambridge, right? Yeah. But the money that they get... They is, get it from Charles's private estate. Yes. Right? That's the, right. The Duchy of Cornwall. Yeah. And so he then, um, they each get about, um, they get a couple million like a year um, from his own estate, which he makes a lot of money from, that he owns privately. But things like that are, you know, let's say Meghan were to sue for a divorce things that are uh, certain properties like Buckingham Palace, um, things like the crown jewels, et cetera, those are not, you know. (laughs) They're protected by the trust. Yes. And there is a difference between, for example, like there are certain properties that the royal family owns themselves, for example, like Balmoral, which is uh, Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. The queen goes there every summer. It's her favorite retreat. She owns that like outright. She owns it privately. The state does not own that. Whereas like the state owns Buckingham Palace or uh, actually you know what? Actually, I don't know about Buckingham Palace, but they do own certain palaces. I have to check on Buckingham yeah. Palace because it used to be Buckingham House. I
0: think that what, what I, from my memory, what I remember is that Buckingham Palace is uh, in trust, however the public do pay for the upkeep of it right yes so you know when there's a plumbing problem the the public have to pay for the And there were the renovations
2: there were renovations recently that, yeah, had, to needed be, them. Yeah, that they, had to be done on Buckingham Palace it was very expensive it was very expensive and it was a huge controversial issue yeah. um in terms of you know getting the public to foot that bill and it was also really interesting because you know, there have been certain people who reportedly I mean like Jackie O reportedly when she visited Buckingham Palace, like made some snide remarks about Buckingham Palace being like, you know, uh smelly. Yeah, just sort of like <laughs> not in the best shape, shall we say. It's like
0: old. I mean, come on. Right, right. Right. You know, you it's got a lot like,
2: older than the White House.
1: Verse three. Something borrowed.
2: Well, let's turn to an actual lawyer for some advice on this. Uh, We're going to welcome TMZ's attorney, Derek Kaufman, to tell us a little bit more about prenups. Derek, welcome to Spilling Royal Tea. Thanks for joining us on the pod. Thanks for having me. I wanted to see how the tea was made. You know, we do spend more time spilling the tea than we do making it, but... um, Sipping it
0: from sources. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, I'd like a spot. Okay. (laughs) Well, um, so we want to talk to you because we're talking about prenups, right? So the report is that Prince Harry said no prenup. No prenup. No prenup. And, and uh, reportedly, uh, Prince William didn't have a prenup. Neither did Prince Charles in either of his marriages. So, want to talk to you. So, like, tell us what the basic function like of a prenup is. Like, where do they? Like, where did this start? Like, sure. what's the background? on Sure. This?
1: So, I, I'm no expert in, in, in UK prenups, but I can tell sure. you they are very in vogue here in California. Uh, prenups are basically to make sure. Uh, Parties uh, to a marriage know how to divvy up their assets. Because you got a lot of marriages in California, particularly, where one spouse has a very, very high income and a lot of wealth, and one has much, much less. Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, Welcome to Hollywood. So that is a typical scenario where there's a vast disparity in the amounts of money that they have and that they can make in the future. So you want to set this all up beforehand, before – while things are all rosy and wonderful, before you get married, when you're in the the glow of love, and you set it out in an agreement. And the agreement basically sets forth that if things go poorly, here's how we'll divide up my assets. Uh, Courts will enforce these in California – in the UK, they're pretty frowned upon. And, and so it's not that surprising that the royals never had these prenups. Now, they will look at them and they'll say, look, if you guys went to the trouble of making a contract and, and a barrister put this together for you, we'll look at it and we'll, we'll assess whether this thing is fair. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure the agreement is fair.
0: How many Americans would you say – uh, sign prenups before uh, getting married compared to that of the UK.
1: It's a good question. I, I think uh, I don't know absolute numbers here, but sure, in California, sure. I would say as a as a percent, like a percentage of marriages in California that I would deal with, sort of high net worth individuals, you're going to see probably seventy to eighty percent of them getting a prenup. Now, those remaining twenty percent. Don't get it, not because it's not, you know, useful for them, but that it's an awkward conversation to have. And so a lot of people just want to avoid that. And in the background, if you've got all your wealth, sort of squared away in various trusts and, and, and accounts, you can avoid it uh, and, and try not to have your assets commingle. That's what they say. When when things come together, it's really hard to unscramble the egg. So in a prenup, <laughs> you have a way of unscrambling that egg. Right. Came up Do, with some sort of magic ingredient. You don't want to leave it to a judge. A judge at the end of the day is just going to look like, oh, well, this seems fair to me. And you don't want to leave it in those hands. Right. So, you, you know, we, like, as we, you just said, it's very unpopular in the UK. It's pretty unpopular. Yeah.
0: Do, but do you know how um, –
1: do you know much about the legal history of the prenup in the UK? Well, you know, we should – I was surprised to learn that the prenup is, is not that popular in the UK because we actually share a legal tradition. We're both from a common law tradition. Everything we do in the US comes from the UK. I mean that's, that's – the founding of our nation comes from people from the UK right. came into this country and we basically imported those legal traditions. We're actually the two countries that do it this way and most don't do it this way. Oh, interesting. So if you go to France, they have an entirely different form of law where wow. the judges are the central players. Here in the U.K. and in the U.S., we have juries, we have uh, common law traditions where we write down the laws and we try to apply them as written down over time. That common law tradition is really pretty rare. And it's really That's just interesting. the U.K. I had no idea about yeah. that. So so they, they, I was surprised that they weren't that common. But the, I think the overlay of the royal tradition mm. and the importance of the Anglican Church makes prenups seem somewhat gauche to, to, yeah. to U.K. people. To so uh, yeah. like talk yes. about money. Yeah, it's it's talking about money. It's talking about things that aren't polite conversation, right. Here in crass America, right. we have no problem. We roll up our sleeves. Right. We're like, "What do you got?" Yeah, listen, this is what's on the
2: table. You get this much if you last one year. This much. I mean, because that's the other thing. I, I was thinking. I'm not gonna lie. I was really thinking about that because, like in Hollywood, right? Like celebrity marriages, it's very common that like you stay in the marriage one year, you get X amount of dollars. Yep. You get a. You deliver a kid.
1: You give this. You get that amount of money. Wow. You're, it's it, like you're, a prize. You're so right. You know? they're, they're written with this specificity where there's kickers for surviving the marriage. Yeah. I remember watching. It's uh, like with, Kickstarter reward. Yeah. Some of these have come out around uh, Harvey Weinstein. There's been stories about uh, his prenup and what what kind of payments would be made if X number of children were born, uh, if this movie were successful, if you stay in the marriage this long, it goes up. All of these sliding scales. And it's it's really – Kind of gross in it a way to read yeah. these things because there's human emotions involved.
2: But it's so weird because it's like I always, I now associate them so much with people of like uh, that kind of power and station that for you know me and my American mind I was very much like oh well of course you know even if Harry doesn't want one I'm thinking someone in Buckingham Palace they're going to be like listen you need this you trip. need this and this is what's like here's how it's going to be because we've seen this we've seen it we like Charles got cleared out with Diana mm-hmm. you know like all this situation like we we have a format now. That's right. And he didn't do it. So I mean, so what? Yeah. So what are your take on you know them not signing a prenup? Do you think that it was a good idea, a bad idea? I thought it was a
1: beautiful idea. Oh, I, I oh, won't comment uh, on whether it's a good or bad idea, but I, it does seem quaint. I'm a lawyer. I like to yeah. see these things written out. But, but you also like money, so <laughs> I, I do. I like money. I want to see lawyers <laughs> get to draft up a contract. Yeah, I want everyone to get paid here. But there's something beautiful about this couple in love and and sort who of, has a lot at stake. Who by have the a way, a lot at stake. Yeah, you know, cause committing it, to
0: each other forever. I I mean, yeah. They don't want to think about those things about splitting up and,
2: you know.
1: We're so jaded here. I know. We're and so not,
2: jaded. And this was a lovely, lovely sort of outcome. I and like not it. to be like this, but I mean, it's like, you know, Megan has, she's been through this before. Yes. You know? Do you find that um, people who have already been married, have mm-hmm. been divorced when they get remarried, that it's more likely to have a prenup? The second time around. That is almost uncertainly true. true. Yes. So that's, so I think that was, without a doubt. I think, I have to say, I think in the back of my mind, I think that was another reason why I was kind of expecting
1: there to be one a little bit. Because that's when you let cynicism creep in. When you've had your true love fall apart and it it crumble and you lose a lot of your assets in the process, then you think, oh, next time around I'm going to sign an agreement.
0: And then also thinking about, you know, where you're not being overly romantic, but, you know, that notion of, if that's something that's always in your mind about, you know, oh, when I split up, I'm going to get this. Yes. You know, or when I split up, I've got to get At least that. I have that. Yeah, you're planting you know? sort of this seed of distrust yeah. in, the, in the beginning of a marriage. I mean, it's like, I, you know, you won't weather the rough times. You yeah. just be like, oh, well, I could just get out and now and I've got $20 million in my bank.
1: That's right. It, it undermines the sort of sanctity of the institution, which well, is to really reason... work these problems out when yeah. you can. And if a marriage falls apart, so be it. But at that point, if a, if a true, if your love really fall out love, maybe you should give up a lot of your assets. I mean, right. this is someone who's in the trenches with you, and, and protecting every nickel and dime is really not what it's all about, and that's a lot coming from a lawyer. You're kind of blowing my mind around <laughs> with like, this POV right
2: here, but I, I'm
1: loving it. I feel very romantic about this notion, and, and I'm happy because I think it would detract from the royal wedding if, if there were a prenup behind it. Right, because then everyone would
2: just kind of be like side-eyeing that. Yeah. Well, one eye on the aisle, one eye on the prenup.
1: Yeah, the it'd way. be like, oh, he's learning from his father, Charles, and he doesn't want that to go sideways but listen this is if if ever
2: there were a fairy tale
1: it is an american like actress marrying
2: a you know a british prince i mean like you think back to grace kelly and everything like that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking at this as a fairy tale and that would definitely i think undermine it i agree so okay so let's say let's say sadly harry and meghan fall in the sad tradition of you know the Windsor family not having the best track record sure. with divorces and let's say they decide to part they uh, consciously uncouple right yeah they, oh I love that yeah They're Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. Yeah. yeah well because I think because honestly I do I have to say I do think that should they ever get divorced god forbid i want them to last sure. i want them to last forever but i do think that god forbid should that ever happen they are the type of people who would do the gwyneth paltrow route and be like best friends still but be you know just not be married
1: i completely agree and especially if the marriage lasts long enough for them to build a family i can't see either of them dragging kids through a very very nasty and public breakup um if it goes wrong very quickly who knows i mean they are both young and i think i think that could spell lots of high emotions if there's any infidelity before kids are born who knows and All she, are off. and the other thing is she you talk about like a new a new life mm-hmm. right i, I one of the things
2: I always think of I think that like it's hard for marriages is when you're thrown one person completely changes their life and they think it's going to you know it could be a fine transition and adaptation and like it doesn't take right so this is my other question if like let's say something happens really early on before Megan becomes a British citizen mm-hmm. when she's still and because it's going to take about three to five years for her to become an American, to become a British citizen. Yes. So let's say, you know, we've been told also that they want to have kids really quickly. Let's say they have kids like right off the bat, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe a year two years out from the marriage. A year after that, it's falling apart. She's still an American citizen, files for
1: divorce. Can she file for a divorce in, in the U.S.? So she she probably could try to file for divorce in the U.S., but they're going to get married in England, in, they're right? They're going to get married in the U.K. So so the bond so the marriage that they're going to try to dissolve is going to be an English marriage, an English marriage. And your 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 marriage where where you get married is very important because I have a California wedding license. If I were to choose to get divorced, I got to go to a California court and try to dissolve that piece of paper, which is governed by the laws of California. She'd probably have to file in the U.K. Okay, now she may say the venue's so inconvenient. I, I got my career back. I'm trying to get in movies again i gotta go, I got to go on a lot of auditions. I can't right. be uh, flying across the pond. Right. And she may say, this is an inconvenient forum for me, so I want to drag the proceedings all the way over here. He's some prince. He can go anywhere he wants. Right, he's got right. nothing to do oh, anyway. Interesting. So she would then say, I'll file here, but I'm going to say this is an inconvenient form, so I want a California judge to look at these things, and he's just as capable over here, a judge in California of applying UK law. And she could try that. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, and and that would make Harry's life really inconvenient. Really inconvenient. Because yeah. whoever, whoever, wherever the the, uh, the 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 judge is situated if it's a nasty divorce, you're in court a lot, right? And you're and you're having to fly constantly back and forth for hearings, and especially if there's kids involved. I was gonna say if she takes really the ki-
2: if she takes the kids to back to West Hollywood, you know, working her her, <laughs> her acting on. career, not that type of West Hollywood, <laughs> right. like because that's where she used to. She had an apartment there, guys. Um, right. You know,
0: she uh, <laughs> <good time. laughs> little queens dancing yeah. tables at Mickey's, you never <laughs> know.
2: But so yeah, I mean different, yeah, different type of queen. Um,
1: so this would give her some leverage, this right? Right. She gave her some leverage for for a quick settlement because she's saying I can drag this through the mud and I can try to drag you to California. I don't even know if I'll be successful. Right. I got a lot of fancy lawyers. Yeah. yeah, And I was on a couple seasons of Suits, so I know how the law works.
0: So let's say they're not going through the route of a prenup. Mm -hmm. So and if there's no prenup, what would happen in that sense? Like what what is she entitled to?
1: Sure. So in a United Kingdom court. It's a court of equity. So what they want, would want to do is divide up the assets that the parties accumulated during the course of the marriage. So the money she had from suits and the money he has from his, his inheritance would be off the table typically as long as they're in segregated accounts. In the U.K. In the U.K., yeah. right. But the money as a community that they built together, so the two or three years that they're married and he's earning his his small stipend from, from Charles and she's earning maybe some residuals, that money would be thrown into a pot and would probably be divided 50-50. Interesting. The, the, the background principle is that equitable division of the assets, both parties, throw their money into the pot and the community divides it right in half. They so a, this road. actually might be a better way for Harry to go then. Absolutely. It wouldn't be a terrible way for Harry to go. And I think that's what's sort of animating this is what are the pros and cons? Do I really want to have the negative energy of asking for a prenup if really all I'm protecting is a, a million dollars. Anything salary, that we're right?
0: going to bring together and we bring those to
1: our assets that we had from before. Yeah. That's what um, a lot of uh, it dissuades a lot of people from getting prenups in the first yeah. place. Because your your money beforehand, as long as you keep it separate. Right. And that's a big if. Because once right. you start Mixing in accounts together. That's, I think the question
2: yes. is whether or not that's already taken place.
1: That's exactly right. Right. So, so most people just put their money in a pot and they don't worry about it. They say wherever it comes from. That causes a lot of trouble when divorce comes around. Derek, yep. thank you so much. Yes. For having me, really yeah, life is wow. great. Love it.
0: something blue. For our something blue advice section, Sean and I thought it would be fun to act as your unofficial legal counsel. (laughs) We're each going to represent different sides of a prenuptial argument. I'll be taking the pro-prenup side and Sean will take that opposing position.
2: And maybe this goes without saying but we can only claim legit expertise with the royals. If you are engaged and thinking about a prenup Maybe consider talking to a professional about what's best for you and your partner. Speaking of
0: partners, you know that I am due to get married yes. sometime in the next coming years. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, it was supposed to be May 19th, but then Harry and Meghan ruined it. Exactly, yep. exactly. And yeah, no, we're, we're still trying to put a new date on the map, but right. we're not there yet. But one thing that we haven't done is mm. we haven't discussed a prenup at all. At all. It hasn't even like... Hasn't even raised he American it's, as well? He's American, okay. yes. Now, um, you know, it's being British. It's very awkward, as we said earlier. To talk about money. To talk about money in general. I don't even know how much my husband to be is worth. Really? Yeah. And he looks at my residual checks that comes in and laughs. <laughs> you know? That is so funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, we it, I, we will have to have this conversation. Right. Mainly because, you know, I do want to protect who he is in this relationship and mm-hmm. protect his assets and his life. And, you know, because I mean, because I, I love him and I but, it's trying to get that awkwardness out of the way, like, right. you know, and, and to be truthful, like coming from a br- British family is like, I don't want anything like, right. you know, that is my sort of MO is like, I don't really, you know, I can survive on my own. I can take care of myself. I have, you know, my savings, right. and, you know, so like this whole idea of prenup kind of is unromantic in mm. some ways. And I don't know if I want to put that out
2: there. Right. Um, but I have the duty of talking about. I know the pro. Right, so maybe you taking the pro prenup side right now is good practice. Yeah. For, oh, there we go. Yeah, I like that. I like know. that.
0: Let's let's. Well, we have some notes. Okay. Let's so let's talk about what we think that okay. are, are pros. So what What do you think are the pros? Well, first and foremost, to just get it out of the way, mm-hmm. you know, get all the uncomfortableness out, and right. and just you know have have a lawyer that's very fair, that kind of sets out, you know, here's here's what. Both of you have, here's what I think is, you know, seek counsel, you know, and make sure that uh, both of us feel very comfortable at the end of it um, on, on where we're going. Right. And then put it out of our minds so we don't have to think about it ever again. Also, right, if your spouse ends up showing a side of themselves during the prenup, yeah. and that's sort of a red flag, isn't it? That it's like, yeah. oh, you know, if, let, let's say, for example, that, you know, um, God forbid my fiance starts being really greedy and. Right, or litigious. You know, yeah, or sort of, you know, well, I want this amount. And I want that amount and right, you know you don't get
2: I, you don't get anything yeah da da da, just or, like or the way he handles it
0: yeah exactly you don't deserve anything or anything. right and it's
2: like really do i want to be with and you were like i wasn't asking for anything to begin yeah, with yeah
0: yeah so you know that, that's, that's a fair point i think okay oh the last point i'll make is uh protecting the wealthier partner's assets you know so they may have uh, not just the assets, but they may have family, you know, that the money maybe came from, sure. uh, that was inheritance that came
2: from their right. father. They don't want to give conti- that up. Continue on to the family or the children or this. because That's a good point. You know, if they don't have, maybe you don't have children with this marriage and the money is supposed to, the inheritance or whatever is supposed to be so that you can, you know, have yeah. children. It's and- money to, come to protect the family down the line. Right. Well, okay, I'm going to chime in here and be, um, I'm going to be the hopeless romantic and be against prenups here okay so it just it ruins the romance like in order to set yourself up for success you have to go in believing it's going to be a success yeah like if you plan an exit you know if you have the if you know like it's not like getting on an airplane where you got to know where all the exits are (laughs) you know it's it's a very different situation so i just think that it's it's saying it's admitting that "Mm, pretty sure that there's, like, there's a legit chance that this isn't going to end, and I'm already planning out how it's going to happen if it does end. So your
0: advice to me, is yeah, a, as you know, your blue-blooded advice. My blue-blooded be, advice
2: to you is, I think, don't you should, worry. I, no, I think you should have a conversation, you yeah. know, with your partner. And but I think that it should. I think there's definitely a conversation, and I think there it's good to have an idea of like, here's what we're going to do with our finances. Like we're going to separate like what we have, you know, or da da da, da, da or we're going to make it communal, da 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 da. da. I think that's great
0: and you know i'll bring this back around full circle when you actually go on that blind date oh my gosh i was gonna say i'm like you're taking this advice i wanted to be like
2: listeners you're taking this advice from singleton sean so i'm like yes this is my advice for all of you people in your prenuptial agreement conversations well the tea has been spilled and it's been rather hot I'm Sean Mandel. And I'm Craig Robert Young. And thank you for joining us on Spilling Royal Tea, the podcast. Spilling Royal Tea is a collaboration between TMZ and Spoke. Use Spoke to find your next favorite podcast. Learn more at hearspoke.com. Maggie Van Dorn is our executive
0: producer, and you can subscribe to Spilling Royal Tea on Apple Podcasts. For more coverage of the royal wedding, visit TMZ.com.